welcome to Immigration Review, your weekly source for immigration case law updates and insights. I'm your host, Kevin A. Gregg, back again to review the week's presidential immigration cases, rummaging through the decisions so you don't have to. This podcast is sponsored by Kurzban, Kurzban, Tetzeli, and Pratt, also known as KKTP, a law firm where I'm also a partner. Whether you are facing an immigration obstacle, a serious injury, or a legal issue in your business, KKTP will aggressively protect your best interests. This podcast is also sponsored by DocketWise, an all-in-one immigration forms and case management solution trusted by thousands of immigration lawyers across the U.S. I really like DocketWise. It makes immigration applications easy by allowing the clients to provide information through simple online questionnaires that are shareable by text or email and available in multiple languages. Not only that, DocketWise provides a comprehensive group of case management features, including invoicing and calendaring, secure messaging, task management, and a lot more. You can learn all about DocketWise and receive a 10% discount on your subscription by heading to docketwise.com immigration review so they know we sent you. And as always, this show does not constitute legal advice and has no bias other than to keep you up to date and to enable you, my dear colleagues, to excel in court. So, without further ado, let's start the review. The Fifth Circuit just found unconstitutional a law, quote, prohibiting the possession of firearms by someone subject to a domestic violence restraining order, end quote. The Fifth Circuit believed the law a, quote, laudable policy goal, end quote, but unconstitutional in light of the Supreme Court's new view of the Second Amendment. Might this decision make its way up to the Supreme Court next year? Who knows? But I thought I'd take this opportunity to give you all a short rundown of the immigration-related cases granted certiorari this term, which will be decided this year by the Supreme Court and then summarized by yours truly in the best way I know how. Here's what's on deck. Plus, a Sixth Circuit decision. By my count, and the counts of others, there are six cases before the Supreme Court this term that have something to say about immigration. First, United States v. Halliman Hansen. This case addresses whether the federal criminal prohibition against encouraging or inducing unlawful immigration for commercial advantage or private financial gain in violation of 8 U.S.C. section 1324 A1AIV and BI, is facially unconstitutional on First Amendment overbreath grounds. A similar but not identical issue was at play two terms ago in the case United States v. Sinanag Smith, which the Supreme Court kind of punted on after finding that the Ninth Circuit had improperly reframed the legal dispute below. But... Last year in United States v. Hernandez-Caveo, episode 116, the Tenth Circuit adjudicated the same issue from Sinanag Smith. Again, different statute from the one at issue in Helleman Hansen, but pretty similar. And the Tenth Circuit found that for that statute, there are a, quote, substantial number of the statute's applications that are unconstitutional, judged in relation to the statute's plainly legitimate sweep, end quote. So, Might the Supreme Court have similar concerns as the Tenth Circuit and find that a law that prohibits encouraging or inducing unlawful immigration for commercial advantage 
also violates the First Amendment too much? Time will tell. The second case before the Supreme Court this term is Arizona v. Mayorkas. This is the case where certain states unsuccessfully sought to intervene in the Title 42 dispute before the District Court and the Court of Appeals in the District of Columbia. The states waited two years and sought intervention with six days left to go after it became clear that the federal government was going to abandon its defense of the Title 42 policy. The District Court denied intervention and the Court of Appeals upheld the denial. The states then sought an appeal before the Supreme Court, and the court decided only to hear the state's request for intervention, and not the underlying decision about Title 42. So, can states litigate federal immigration policy when the federal government has no interest in doing so? Wait to find out. Next is Santo Zacharia v. Garland. The case below was discussed on episode 90 of the podcast, and it's the factually very sympathetic case of a transgender woman from Guatemala. It became much different than that before the Supreme Court, though. The legal issue is now whether the Fifth Circuit is right to require that where the BIA improperly makes factual findings in violation of its appellate review. Must a non-citizen file a motion to reconsider with the BIA, telling the BIA what it did wrong and asking the BIA to fix its error before the non-citizen can then petition for review to the courts of appeals? And really, over the past years, and I've talked about it a bunch on the podcast, the Fifth Circuit has been requiring that non-citizens file motions to reconsider in a lot of circumstances, even beyond improper BIA fact-finding. It really is an unworkable rule for non-citizens' counsel, especially as non-citizens' counsel is often representing individuals with very limited funds. Notwithstanding the endless loop that such a holding would engender, according to those who listened, and I was not one of them, a majority of the Supreme Court at oral argument seemed unmoved by the petitioner's argument, and it appears that a majority of justices might read INA Section 242d1 as requiring such exhaustion with a motion to reconsider. The case was argued on January 17th, 2023, if you want to find the oral argument yourself. Next is U.S. v. Texas. This is the case where the government sought reversal of an injunction by the lower court preventing the U.S. government from enforcing Secretary Mayorkas' memorandum on prosecutorial discretion. The government immediately sought a stay or a grant of certiorari on an expedited basis. The Supreme Court did not do either. It refused to grant the stay, and instead it permitted expedited briefing on the three issues and heard oral argument last December. The issues currently before the Supreme Court are, one, whether the state plaintiffs have Article Three standing to challenge the DHS guidelines for the enforcement of civil immigration law, two, whether those guidelines are contrary to INA Section 236C or 241A, the mandatory detention provisions, and three, whether INA Section 242F1 prevents the entry of an order to hold unlawful and set aside those prosecutorial discretion guidelines under the APA. Whole lot of things going on there. And if the Supreme Court were to rule against the U.S. government on all issues, it would appear that a whole broad swath of non-citizens would have to be detained, always, and that the states have broad authority to challenge federal immigration actions. Case was argued on November 29th, 2022. Moving on is Pugin v. Garland. 
This case will address the issue of whether to qualify as an aggravated felony offense relating to obstruction of justice under INA Section 101A43S. The predicate criminal offense must require a nexus to a pending or ongoing investigation or judicial proceeding. To match the aggravated felony definition, must the underlying criminal offense require a nexus to a pending or ongoing investigation, or merely a, quote, reasonably foreseeable, end quote, investigation or judicial proceedings, a lower threshold required by many states to convict. The issue is uber-complicated. It involves a mega-circuit split and a war between the Ninth Circuit and the BIA, not to mention BIA zombie precedent. Check out episode 84 for the underlying Fourth Circuit decision in Pugin, and check out the Ninth Circuit's contrary decision on episode 15 to really get the full breadth of this dispute. Or wait for the Supreme Court to pick a side and tell us what is required of INA section 101A43S. Which brings us to Dubin v. United States. This is not an immigration decision per se. The issue in the case is whether a person commits aggravated identity theft any time they mention or otherwise recite someone else's name while committing a predicate offense. Again, not an immigration case. But depending on the outcome, it would appear to have implications for at least crimes involving moral turpitude, and possibly for the good moral character analysis and discretion if, for example, a non-citizen were to use somebody else's name to do something else. And those are the Supreme Court decisions that touch on immigration granted certiorari for this term. Hope you enjoyed that. I did it because I thought it would be helpful, but also because there were actually no immigration decisions published this week. The only other thing I have to talk about is USA v. White, published by the Sixth Circuit on January 31st, 2023. This is a sentence enhancement case, and it's about a lot of things that don't touch on immigration. But this case is favorable on the issue of violent felonies. And so, is applicable to the Immigration Aggravated Felony Crime of Violence analysis. I don't catch all the decisions like this, but I did here, so let's talk about it. In this decision, the Sixth Circuit overturned its prior precedent based on the Supreme Court's more recent decision in Borden to hold that in the sentence enhancement context, the crime of Ohio aggravated robbery under Ohio Revised Code Section 2911.01A1 is not a violent felony under the Armed Career Criminal Act Elements Clause. As I mentioned, there's a lot going on in White unrelated to immigration, but in so holding, the Sixth Circuit has almost certainly held as well that this Ohio aggravated robbery statute is not an aggravated felony crime of violence under INA Section 101A43F. Like in this decision, Borden, Episode 59, was the Supreme Court adjudicating the ACCA Violent Felony Elements Clause under 18 U.S.C. Section 924E2BI. That statute is nearly identical to the last remaining aggravated felony crime of violence definition at 18 U.S.C. Section 16A, as incorporated by INA Section 11843F. In Borden, the Supreme Court held that a state criminal statute that permits conviction where the defendant had a mens rea or mental state of, quote, recklessness, a less culpable mental state than purpose or knowledge, cannot qualify, end quote 
as a violent felony. Again, very relevant to immigration because as the Supreme Court also has repeatedly held, including in Bourdain, the aggravated felony crime of violence definition for immigration is, quote, relevantly identical to the ACCA's elements clause, end quote. And as the Supreme Court also explained, when it comes to someone involved in reckless action, quote, because his conduct is not opposed to or directed at another, he does not come within the elements clause, end quote. Here, in white, the Sixth Circuit of course appropriately reads all of this to mean that after Bourdain, quote, a prior conviction's force element must have a mens rea greater than recklessness for the conviction to qualify as an ACCA predicate offense, end quote. The Ohio aggravated robbery crime apparently does not. It can be committed recklessly, apparently. So it's not a violent felony, and it's not an immigration crime of violence in case you had any doubt about whether Supreme Court precedent matters. Mr. White, of course, gets his sentence remanded for resentencing. And before we go, I have this. As you may recall, at the time of Bourdain, I wasn't thrilled that the Supreme Court seemed to have left open the possibility, in a footnote I believe, that a mens rea of extreme recklessness, whatever that is, might actually satisfy the violent felony definition, even if regular recklessness will not. It wasn't even dicta, really. It was just kind of the Supreme Court noting something that it wasn't deciding. But here... The Sixth Circuit has, quote, interpreted Bourdain to require that a violent felony predicate offense criminalize the use of force committed with a mental state that is at least purposeful or knowing, end quote. That quote would appear to exclude extreme recklessness. Sixth Circuit practitioners. And that is USA v. White. So there you have it. You're all caught up with the past week's published immigration cases. I'm Kevin A. Gregg, a partner with the law firm Kurzban, Kurzban, Tetzeli, and Pratt, and this has been another episode of Immigration Review. Thank you for listening, and I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please share it with a friend and rate and review us. Each review helps new listeners find the show. And of course, subscribe to Immigration Review wherever you get your podcasts. If you like what we do and want to become a patron of the show, please check out our Patreon page at www.patreon.com forward slash immigration review, or click on the link in the show notes. And if you're interested in an official immigration review CLE certificate for five credit hours, email me at kgreg at kktplaw.com with your full name and the episode numbers for the 10 shows you've listened to. Also, feel free to email me with questions, comments, or anything at all. And follow the show on Instagram and Facebook, at Immigration Review. And send us a tweet, at ImReview. That's I-M-M Review. I'll be back next Monday for a brand new discussion. Until then, I'm Kevin A. Gregg, bringing you the Immigration Review. Immigration Review.